Mommy Track Daddy Whispers podcast is now called Birth Agni podcast. Welcome to Mommy Track Daddy Whispers podcast season 2. Today when I look back I think I was robbed of my birth experience. I was robbed of my birthright. Women don't even know that they have got certain birth rights that they can act on. The the pain of contractions becomes a guide for the women. I've heard a lot of time women saying we are afraid of contractions. The way you manage your pain is very important. That's the reason why we say that why labor support is so important. My name is Divya and this month's theme is Know Your Birthing Process. And this is why so that when you decide to bring a part of your heart into this world, you have to pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum mein hone wale badlav ki jankari ho taki jab aap nanhi si jaan ko hospital se ghar laye to aap confused na ho aap muskurayein and you feel empowered and triumphant irrespective of the method you deliver to empower you women out there we have with us megha kanduja who is a lamas certified childbirth educator and a birth doula she's a founder of mothering mothers wherein she helps women learn understand and take charge of their mothering journey Megha we welcome you to our virtual discussion room our very own nest as we like to call it aapka mommy track daddy whispers podcast mein swagat hai thank you devya thank you for making me part of your nest <laughs> thank you thank you for coming on board and um, megha i was thinking that we can do our questions based on my experience and sure yeah and um because i i believe that it might give our listeners perspective and it builds mm-hmm. relativity so um my birthing experience was if i try and recall it it was uninformed mm-hmm. i was uh, presented with multiple opportunities where i could make a decision but mm-hmm. i remember i did not actually know what was happening to mm-hmm. be able to take a decision So my first question to you would be did you feel equipped when you were expecting the first time or would you like to tell us about your experience mm-hmm. So uh Devya I would like to start with that thank you so much for openly talking about your experience um it's it's um it's good to hear that you feel that you are uninformed and that the reason i'm saying it's good to hear because many women don't even know what they have gone through and what has happened to them or what has struck to them right so um and it's very important for women to talk about their birth experiences their birth stories and um uh you know how and what do they expect of the out of their subsequent births to look like so coming back to my experience sevia my first born was by a cesarean so from the first childbirth i recall that it was an excruciating experience as i was unprepared um it was weird going into the hospital without getting contractions and no labor symptoms and what really followed next was torture i i i i wish i could highlight this word torture for you right mm-hmm. so to cut the long story short the experience was not at all welcoming i uh, today when i look back i think i was robbed of my birth experience i was robbed of my birthright women don't even know that they have got certain birth rights that they can act on right yeah. however my 
my birth experience during my second child was totally opposite. You know, my husband and I welcomed our second child three years back. And honestly, this labor was the best experience of my life. I had a successful, natural, drug-free, calm labor. And I can describe this experience as empowering. You know, we we have heard time and again that information is power. And I tell you, Divya, it's particularly true in case of childbirth. You know, the preparations that a woman will make during her pregnancy can really influence the kind of birth experience that that woman will have. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I surely enhanced uh, you know, my second childbirth experience by choosing to attend childbirth classes myself and by choosing to select a healthcare provider and the right team, which had the trust and belief in me that I could do a successful VBAC. So VBAC is vaginal birth after cesarean. So I think the, the learning here is that women are inherently capable of giving birth. You know, we have a deep intuitive instinct about birth. And when we are supported, okay, by the right team, and, you know, we are free to find our comfort, and we are able to give birth without interventions, and without, you know, any suffering, that's when, you know, we feel more empowered. And what we experience is a true positive childbirth experience. So it doesn't matter whether you are delivering through a cesarean, or, you, or you're birthing through a, a vaginal birth, but the experience should be positive. And that's what I also preach through mothering mothers that how can women have that, um, you know, positive childbirth experience? Yes. And um, from your answer, I have three things um, yes. that I'm going to take. First is the way you described your second birthing experience, that it was, mm-hmm. the labor was the best experience of your life. How yes. many women come out saying that or think mm. that it can be that way? The second is... Uh, the way you said that when you prepared yourself for your second pregnancy and childbirth, the results were profoundly different. And the third thing that I was saying that it has answered for me is that you can have a vaginal birth after a cesarean. Yes. Okay. So I would just... A big yes. (laughs) Yes, a big yes. Because when I gave birth through a cesarean, I've been told that, okay, the second one will be a cesarean. And this is a live example for all you women out there. If you think the second cannot be a vaginal, it can be. So you do not have to just submit yourself or surrender yourself to the process, you know, the hospital processes that are out there. You can get up like Megha has done for herself. You can take that education and you can go out and prepare yourself for a natural way of birthing be it cesarean or vagina, you can enjoy the process. So that's the third thing that I've taken from what you answered. And now I'd go on to um, this uh, question. I'll break down, uh, you know, uh, for our listeners, I'll break down this uh, birthing process. So first of all, we contractions. Like you said, contractions, go to the hospital. They would try and induce you. They would try and rush it for you. And um, how how does one know how much to wait? And contractions, 
और नहीं भी होने के टाइम पे हाउ डज वन नो एंड हाउ कैन वन डिफाइन कॉन्ट्रेक्शन वॉट आर कॉन्ट्रेक्शन okay every labor is different you cannot compare two births the same way okay in a very in a very real sense um so i'm answering your question that you know what is contractions you know how does one define contractions right so in a very real sense the the pain of contractions becomes a guide for the women i've heard a lot of time women saying we are afraid of contractions mm. right so for every women you know i would like to say who fear contractions is that uh, the pain of contractions will become the guide for you okay with each contraction pain sends a signal to the brain and a hormone which is the oxytocin hormone is released with the release of oxytocin hormone the contractions increase in intensity and as the pain of contraction increases you know more oxytocin is released and contractions become harder right why this is important why we want the contractions to keep on you know increasing or coming closer because if you will not have contractions your cervix won't dilate and mm-hmm. if the cervix won't dilate how will your baby come out into this beautiful world right so the pain of labor is what you know most women worry about but it's important to understand that the pain of contractions in labor is valuable it is very important way in which nature helps women find ways of managing pain so the positions and activities a woman will choose in response to you know uh, what she feels will actually help her labor progress and when this entire um and unfortunately when this entire pain perception is removed the feedback system gets disrupted and the labor is likely to slow down and become less efficient so the the pain of contractions that pain is for a reason it has a purpose and the way you manage your pain in your daily life for example when you have your periods when you're chumming mm-hmm. uh how do you manage your pain at that time what will you do you may you may just want to you know some women choose to take a walk some women choose to lie down on the bed some mm-hmm. women may choose to use a hot water bag you know uh labor pain is exactly the same way so you manage your contractions the way you manage any sort of pain in your daily life and when you get these contractions your brain automatically unknowingly acts accordingly to manage that pain am i making sense to you yeah i, I hope i was able to give you right i i yeah i have a question still when you yes. said that the way you manage your contractions will yeah. help you either progress or yeah. maybe if if i'm understanding this right तो या तो वो प्रोग्रेस होगा या तो इट माइट इवन डिले द प्रोसेस it okay. won't delay the process why okay. will it delay the process did i say delay i'm sorry if i no, no, i you, i, I no. un- you did not say delay i think i understood delay yeah yeah so the way you will manage your your labor it means that you're managing if you're managing it positively 
right if you if you are continuously um you know adopting ways to manage your pain effectively your labor will progress smoothly correct because what is happening that your body is continuously releasing oxytocin hormone and your contractions will keep coming and keep dilating your cervix but the minute you get scared of the pain what happens that your your body start releasing catecholamines and when your body starts releasing catecholamines your labor will just shut down okay so the way you manage your pain is very important that's the reason why we say that why labor support is so important right mm-hmm. or what is uh, you know the uh, what is the role of a doula in uh, in childbirth okay so the benefits you know of a doula is that a doula is somebody who is emotionally and physically supporting the mother in labor so the mother knows that okay i have a confidant i have a friend who is helping me so even if you know i feel pain she is there to either you know help me change position she is there to give me a massage you know she can even help me taking a you know a hot water shower when the pain goes really bad you know she is there to just hold my hand sit next to me so i know i have a support and the minute the woman gets that feeling that i have a support i know who i can trust immediately she gets that confidence that okay you know i can do this imagine when you have somebody by your side who is continuously giving you positive affirmations that oh you are doing great you know with every contraction your cervix is dilating imagine your baby coming out you are doing a wonderful job together we will do this look into my eyes i am there to help you imagine the kind of confident confidence these affirmations are giving to the women on the contrary you see you will notice in a lot of you know in hospital settings where the nurses will come and they will shout on the women my you case kyon chilla rahi hai itna yes right itna chilane ki kya kabhi bachcha hote hue nahi dekha kabhi bachcha khud nahi kiya kya you know mm-hmm. not what happens that you immediately get scared no. you feel that oh my god you know if i make a noise somebody will come and start shouting on me yeah आप एक मुझे बताइए जब एक गाय का बछड़ा होने वाला होता है दिव्या वो गाय क्या करती है वो गाय चुपचाप कोने में जाकर बैठ जाती है घास के ऊपर ताकि उसे कोई डिस्टर्ब ना करे उसके ऊपर डायरेक्टली सनलाइट ना आए एक डार्क से कॉर्नर में जाके बैठ जाती है और आराम से अपना बच्चा करती है लेकिन जैसे ही उस गाय को किसी जानवर का खतरा होता है उसके अंदर भी कैटेकोलमाइंस आ जाते हैं और उसका लेबर रुक जाता है फिर वो एक दूसरी जगह ढूंढती है जहां वो चुपचाप जाके शांति से अपने बच्चे को पैदा कर सके हम भी वैसे ही हैं। वी आर एनिमल्स, यस। वी आल्सो नीड अ प्लेस विच इज फ्रेंडली वी आर पीपल आर नॉट कॉन्स्टेंटली वॉचिंग अस वी हैव समबडी सपोर्टिंग अस इन लेबर it could be a professional doula it could be your husband taking the role of a of a labor support partner or your mother sitting in just one corner in the couch and praying for you yeah am i making sense yeah yes yes definitely now much more um it's 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 so empowering and it's so it's, it's so much spiritual if i the way <laughs> i heard all of this it's also in the mind बहुत बार जब हम लेबर को देखते हैं बहुत बार जब हम चाइल्ड बर्थ को देखते हैं वी थिंक इट्स बायोलॉजिकल इट विल हैपन ऑन इट्स ओन नो मैटर व्हाट द इकोसिस्टम इज नो मैटर हाउ थिंग्स आर गोइंग ऑन अराउंड अस 
we often think they don't impact us but they do they do oh, and all this information that you're giving us about you know finding your own space even in labor it it cements the fact that your mind has to be at peace with what process you're going through and it will only be at peace with the process you're going through when you know what's happening to you yes and um, i wish i knew better <laughs> uh, and um, and i'm glad that i now know better uh, through discussions like these with people like you um and um, so jo aapne abhi ye baat kahi that uh, you know nurses they usually shout at you and yeah. uh, mere case mein bhi uh, things were similar uh, i wanted to walk around just because of the mm-hmm. books i had read that you know the squatting position is better for yeah. you to uh, because it gives you a gravitational pull a natural push to your baby and if you walk a lot it also helped me divert my attention but after about yes. a few after about a few hours i was asked to lie down to save energy mm-hmm. for active labor and mm-hmm. that's when i remember if i remember i don't remember the sequence of events if i remember it clearly i think that's when i felt started feeling uneasy mm-hmm. what would you suggest somebody in that situation yeah so there were what we recommend women is that uh, movement in labor it, movement in labor is good right this helps in positioning the baby right and due to the help of gravity because gravity is in your favor right the baby also moves in the pelvis okay so labor keeps mm-hmm. going well and leads to effective dilation in my view you know if you are fine moving around in labor and not feeling exhausted please do it okay and i think the nurses were maybe were just trying to be wary of the fact that you should not be taking too much of physical stress without resting as this will consume too much of your energy and when it's time for you to use all of this strength you may get tired and give up right mm-hmm. so the way labor is hard work right so women can actually do a couple of things or maybe i can share a few tips to avoid exhaustion so first mm-hmm. is relaxation right so when your labor begins you know save your energy in the early stages by relaxing as much as you can you know your muscles uh, tense up if you feel stressed and anxious and if that tension goes on for too long it can really tire you out so we always recommend in the early stage of labor stay at home as much as you can and cope with contractions second mm-hmm. is eating and drinking so don't forget you know to have regular drinks so water nimbu pani coconut water you know are good options right mm-hmm. and if you can get hold of them uh, you know you, you can even try some um, isotonic drinks so these are usually used by athletes and are designed to be quickly absorbed and give body the right form of energy for vigorous exercise right okay. and once uh, you know you are in active labor um, uh, the, the the contractions for a woman will get stronger and more frequent okay mm-hmm. and hence we always recommend that make the most of the time between contractions to rest and relax agar aapko kisi ne apne bahut sahi padha ki movement acha hai but itna bhi movement mat kariye early labor mein ki aap bilkul exhaust ho jaye 
राइट मूवमेंट्स के अलावा भी बहुत चीजें होती हैं यू नो इन माय चाइल्ड बर्थ क्लासेस आई डू टीच बोथ द हस्बैंड यू नो एंड एंड द वाइफ और द वुमेन एंड यू नो हर पार्टनर दैट व्हाट आर द डिफरेंट कोपिंग टेक्निक्स दैट यू कैन यूज टू टू मैनेज दैट लेबर पेन इफेक्टिवली राइट सो दैट्स हाउ आई वुड लाइक टू समराइज माय आंसर ऑन दिस क्वेश्चन या मेक सेंस एंड I would like to ask you when you said yeah. ki we should stay home yeah. um, as much as we can during early contractions. Yes. Um, so for somebody who's going through contractions how long should they wait it out? That's that's I think a question that a lot of women have I a lot had. of women ask. Hmm. Yeah. So what conditions should be treated as an emergency? Okay. So um a simple thumb rule for when to go to the hospital for labor uh, is the 511 rule i repeat 511 rule okay? okay so you may be in in active labor if your contractions happen at least every 5 minute last for 1 minute each and have been happening consistently for at least 1 hour that's when you know that you are in active labor right mm-hmm. so for most women you know labor starts differently than you see in movies so mm-hmm. on screen you know uh, you know labor comes on as like a big surprise when the mm-hmm. character's water breaks okay <laughs> but it's important to note that in real life only about 10% of women experience their water breaking I know my water didn't break till the time uh, my baby was about to pop out. Okay? okay, so usually the signs of labor are are much more subtle and gradual. Okay, your process, um, you know, will be different from a friend's and even from your own other pregnancies. Okay, this is this is true, right? Mm. So labor normally has uh, two parts: early labor and active labor. right so early labor you know can last from hours to days if you think you are in early labor um, you know try to relax and allow your body to progress naturally at home evidence based theory believes that women who allow early labor to progress naturally without interventions may have a less risk of a cesarean delivery so in my example um, my early labor went on for 3 days Oh it literally went on for 3 days. Okay. Um active labor is a second part so as per you know ACOG guidelines you are in active labor when your cervix reaches 6 cm dilation. Okay now of course you won't know this by yourself okay but yeah. you will be able to tell that you are entering the active labor stage when your contractions are stronger they are more regular and happening closer together. okay this okay. is the time you should definitely be on your way to the hospital or the birthing center you know where when you are in active labor right the next thing is that i also want to talk about false labor so false labor is fairly common okay mm-hmm. my recommendation will be that call your doctor if you are unsure that your labor has begun so it's best to be extra careful to protect your health and the safety of your new little one and hence always keep your doctor informed what's happening to you right mm. regardless of you know what stage of labor you are in um as i've been telling before also they will take deep breaths and smile because 
you know, you, you are about to meet the newest love of your life. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, you spoke about emergencies. You asked about emergencies. Sorry. So talking about labor emergencies, the biggest factor and cause of labor emergencies is fetal distress. Okay. Now fetal distress can, can, can be caused by problems related to the mother's condition during labor. Okay. And these could include a change in blood pressure, you know, excessive contractions, and the baby is not getting oxygen, you know, there's bleeding, there's maternal infection, you have, you know, the, the woman can catch fever, there's a prolapse cord, there's a placental abruption, right? So, so apart from this, you know, other situation where, and you should definitely contact your healthcare provider is also when, uh, you know, during water breaking. Okay, or if you don't feel the baby is moving, or if there's a there's a heavy gush of bloody discharge, or the or the mucus plug is coming out. Okay, so these are, I mean, situations in where you should you should always keep your healthcare provider informed. Right, right. So in my case, I did uh, ooze out a little bit of a blood after about an hour or so of early labor. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I reached the hospital. Although everything was okay, I was still in the early stage of labor. But that's mm -hmm. when I called up my health provider and they said that you should be in the hospital. So I get it. So these are, these are really important points to remember. When to go to the hospital and when to relax and stay home. And the one thing that you mentioned here is it may take three days for early labor to happen. And most of us want to just go to the hospital and uh, be be there because we don't know if, if, it's, if it's an early labor or an active labor. I think that's where having um, a birth doula or somebody who knows when is what. To is very important. Very important. There, there were there was the, the concept of midwives earlier in India. It's still too. there. It's still there. Um, yeah. I, I I don't um, I don't remember um, from uh, my sisters or Jobi mere se bade hain yahan pe or who have gone through um, you know who have delivered through um, midwives or. Dais jinne hum pehle kehte the. But um, uh, we all, you know, are only looking at hospitals that have a good rate of normal delivery in India. Uh, that's what we the search The fact for. is that uh, in the last 30 odd years, uh, the whole childbirth um, scenario has been heavily medicalized. Because yes. if you will go back to your grandmother, she will tell that in her time, Births used to always happen at home, within a community. Yeah, right. Where you were surrounded by your friends, or as you said, dai hoti thi jinko midwives bolte. Ya apke neighbor se koi aapko help karne aagya. So it was always it was always a family event. It was never a medical event. Yeah, right. Uh, but yes, in the last many years, um, the whole situation has been heavily medicalized. And um, I won't shy away quoting uh, that uh, you inject fear in a woman's mind and she will exactly do what you want her to do. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something that we should take as a quote and put across everywhere because that's what we 
want all the medical fraternity people to remember that women who are about to deliver are not resources for you to mint money <laughs> they're human beings as well you know i i actually you know okay so i i want to say something over here mm-hmm. i am not against cesarean you know doctors are at the end of it doctors you know they have they have spent years learning about this subject okay True. i'm True. not saying that you know when they choose to do a cesarean they are always wrong not at all you know they mm-hmm. have their own they i mean imagine they are working for a hospital they are bound by legalities okay yeah. um but my only request to women is that if you are a low risk healthy women okay then do have a belief in yourself because your bodies are naturally meant to deliver uh, naturally right god has designed us to be like that of course when there are medical conditions interventions are needed and doctors are best to decide right but is cesarean should be the first choice for you i would just say to women that do a little bit of more study on this topic and you would know that your bodies have so much of power and you within yourself have so much you know uh to do at ease that and let's not get impacted just by fear every time mm-hmm. i think that's where we lack confidence because we are not equipped with knowledge we are not with knowledge or probably with trust as well so when it comes to uh, the childbirth process uh, like you explained that if you have somebody by your side who's who has that medical knowledge and is also somebody you can trust yeah. in today's times when due to x number of reasons fear is inculcated in you maybe due to the good reasons or the bad reasons i would not rule out the bad reasons as well it's it's important to have that knowledge and have that somebody you trust uh, so going through childbirth classes and maybe taking a birth doula is a good option and is actually i think it will it will be something that will actually empower you through a process that you aren't aware of how it goes um yeah am i am i stating this correctly yeah Or, yeah 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 absolutely you're right in fact in fact um, uh, there's a, there's a quote which i would like to say here that you know if a doula were a drug it would be unethical not to use it <laughs> yeah so <laughs> okay. you know this simple yet powerful sentence summarizes you know, the perception of the importance of labor and postpartum support for women yeah yeah and i think uh, once you know kaise hota hai and um, also asking you uh, how and that brings me to this question how did you choose to be a child birth educator how did you choose to be a birth doula because i know so, that uh, you have uh, another profession as well and it's something that you're really really passionate about yes absolutely <laughs> so I, i'm not a medical professional i'm an i'm an mba and i'm a uh, and i i actually specialize in leadership hiring uh, but uh, yes so coming back to why i chose so again they were going back to my second childbirth experience that whole experience in itself was so empowering and i think uh, the 
how much time I invested in reading about VBACs, in reading about choosing the right healthcare provider for myself, in 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 deciding, you know, what um, acupressure points I should be using if I don't get labor pains naturally. And, you know, that the, the amount of reading I did, trust to me, if I would have done that much of reading, uh, you know, for my board examinations in 12th, I would have scored magically well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think when I did all of that thing, I realized that. And of course, though, the end result, the final uh, exam results, you know, that whole thing in itself was so, um, you know, all encompassing and so positive that I thought that if I can do this, okay, being a non-medical professional, then why don't I take this up full time and actually start educating other women? And maybe if I can start, you know, if I can even add an iota of difference to their childbirth experience, uh, maybe, you know, uh, my karmic dues are done, you know, for this life, correct? So that whole thing channelized me and pushed me to, to, to start mothering mothers and to actually reaching out to more women and, and more families and telling them that this is such a natural process. And it's, it's not difficult to, to understand this. It's, 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 it's your birthright uh, to, to know all of this information in advance before you go in for, uh, you know, a childbirth and labor. Right. It's beautiful. And it's, um, it's really brave of you and actually not brave. I would say very strong of you and uh, very passionate of you to think and move forward along with tons of things that you do to come out and give other women a chance to go through that beautiful experience that you went through as against something they may otherwise go through due to lack of support, understanding, knowledge, learning, or A to Z reasons. So it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that you're doing. And, and I see that, you know, coming through in your words and, um, you know, I've seen tons of, uh, you know, articles that you've written out there and, uh, you know, videos and uh, all those lives that you keep doing, telling women when to do what, what happens, you know, explaining little things um, throughout pregnancy and childbirths. So thank you for doing what you're doing. And I would now ask you from where we left on the... Yeah. On the active labor part, that um, what I remember from my experience was I was in early labor, three hours into labor, and therein they said, um, "Abhi uh, three hours okay My mother asked, "Ki kitna time aur lagega?" That's when they said, uh, "Let's administer some injections and rush up the process. Pains bada dete hain, to jaldi ho jayega." Um, later, I heard somebody tell me that it's not, it's, it's, if it's not required, it should not be done. So I'd like to ask yeah. you as a childbirth educator, is it appropriate to do that? <laughs> so um, inductions without a medical reason is not appropriate. Mm. And medical reasons to induce labor, you know, are are when your provider may perceive either yours or your baby's health is at risk or you know if you are two weeks or more past your due date okay inducing labor should 
only be for a medical reason. So if you are, if your pregnancy is healthy, um, it's best one to wait for labor to start on its own. And if your provider recommends inducing labor, okay, mm-hmm. ask about waiting until at least 39 weeks to be induced so that your baby has time to develop in the womb. Okay. okay. Uh, secondly, while you are in labor, and if your labor is not progressing, there could be many reasons. The reasons could be that um, you are not using gravity to help the baby baby move down. So there's, there's mm-hmm. no movement. Secondly, maybe the baby is not in the right position. Okay. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, and, and secondly, that maybe because the baby is not in the right position and hence your cervix is not dilating the way it should get dilated. Or, you know, maybe you are in stress because of which the labor is not picking up, it's getting stalled, right? So Mm -hmm. if your provider recommends inducing labor, you know, ask them questions like, you know, why do you think you need to induce my labor? You know, is there a problem with my health or the health of my baby that, that may make inducing labor necessary, right? You know, how will you induce my labor? Correct. You know, what can I expect when you induce labor? You know, will inducing labor increase the chance that I will need to have a C-section? Or what are the other options that you have for me? And see, unless and until you don't ask the right questions, how will you make the right decision making? Yes. Yes. And a lot of times coming back. Yeah. Sorry, Karia. No, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that, you know, again, coming back to the to the point which I keep telling women that you have to equip yourself with the right knowledge. Mm-hmm. Understand the pros and cons of every stage in labor. And that's when you will actually end up making the right decision making for yourself. At the end of it, it's your body, it's your baby, it's your birth. So it's you who have to take the decision, not the doctors. That's... That's that's a very strong statement. And अभी जो आपने ये एक बात कही कि ask your medical provider or the doctor that will inducing me increase the chance of cesarean. Yeah, that takes me back to my experience wherein I was absolutely fine progressing in my labor three hours and I. was told that i might take some five more hours to deliver and uh, after uh, the induction i as i remember the sequence of events i may not be right medically on what happened but that's how i perceived my situation after it all happened uh, after i was administered the medicine i started uh, feeling nervous i started sweating uh, and uh, that's when they said that the baby's heartbeat is fluctuating i clearly remember it was somewhere between 96 to 110 as i could see in the monitor and um, that's that's when they had put me on my on the left side of my stomach they tried mm-hmm. to give me an oxygen mask which further suffocated me Uh, i don't know that should not have happened but it suffocated me probably i was not ready for that situation i may have gone scared or mm-hmm. something like that 
so okay uh, even after all that happened long after it has happened the questions linger with me on how much fluctuation when it comes to heartbeat is normal mm-hmm. and and i and i do have a, a a subtle belief that um that that injection that was administered to me actually scared me or it probably the um the the the, the you know the rhythmic waves came too close all of a sudden and i was not ready for it i could still feel my baby kick once in a while and mm-hmm. i was still not very sure if that heartbeat fluctuation that happened between contractions was that normal or mm-hmm. was that abrupt so how does all of that happen does the heartbeat actually fluctuate during normal contractions mm-hmm. sure so um they were the main purpose of fetal heart rate monitoring is to alert um if your baby is not getting enough oxygen right um a baby's heart rate during labor should be between 110 to 160 beats per minute but it may fluctuate above or below this rate for a variety of reasons okay, okay. so short bursts of um accelerations of the baby's heart rate are common and indicate the baby is getting an adequate oxygen supply right and brief you know uh, decelerations in the baby's heart rate also can be normal such as you know when the baby's head is compressed while in the birth canal right okay. so if these you know accelerations or decelerations are not occurring at the stages they should be or if they are prolonged it could mean a number of things for example such as the umbilical cord is compressed and the blood flow to the baby has been slowed okay uh, sometimes you know simple interventions such as changing your labor position will improve the situation mm-hmm. but if the fetal heart rate results indicate that your baby may be in danger at that time your healthcare provider may recommend an operative vaginal delivery which it could be either forceps or a vacuum device or a cesarean section as well Okay. okay the other reason uh, one very common reason which is cited for uh, cesareans is that cord around the neck right so this is this is one of the many things that mothers to be fear about childbirth yeah. right and let me tell you some interesting facts about this so first mm-hmm. you know around 1/3 of babies are born with cord around the necks yeah you know and some doctors and midwives will not even mention it to you during the childbirth because they will simply loop the cord over the baby's head when he or she is crowning right yeah. secondly the average umbilical cord length is around 50 to 60 cm long yeah. and the umbilical cord is filled with a jelly like substance which basically helps to protect the cord against compression as well as true knots right oh, okay. and the college of obstetricians and gynecologists in the uk advise that there is no reason to perform a c section you know due to a natural cord it's not it's not necessary and just because there is a cord early in the pregnancy also does not mean that it will still be there at term okay because you know these cords may form they may become undone they may form again and so on and so forth okay am i making sense yeah yes, yes definitely yes and um aisa bhi hota hai kya ki 
you did not have a court say a week before or a couple of weeks before you were to deliver yeah. and mm-hmm. suddenly while you were delivering um mm-hmm. they say probably you your baby has a cord or maybe when you've already delivered there was a cord does that happen right at yeah it happens no that's what i said that uh, you know there uh, there could be a cord early in the pregnancy there may not be a cord early in the pregnancy you know there could be a form uh, there there could be a cord around the baby's neck uh, in the last few days you know of pregnancy or when you mm-hmm. go into labor because this cord is around 50 60 cm long and the baby is continuously moving around you inside you sorry yeah. Right. right. So, right. of course, there there is a situation where the cord may just get, you know, tangled either around his head or leg or hand or you know anywhere. Okay. Okay. So it's it's a it's it's a normal phenomena, unless and until it causes a breathing fetal issue. distress. Yes. fetal distress and for a prolonged yes. period of time okay as i said that you know uh, the doctors are the best judge to decide whether True. how serious True. the situation is yeah. but um uh, as i mentioned before that around one third of the babies are born with cord around the neck yeah right and, yeah yeah and i remember many mother ne mujhe baad mein bataya tha that my brother was 4 kgs and he had two cords around his neck while yeah. uh when he was delivered the doctor just simply cut the cord and you know unlooped it or the way you said just took it out of uh, the baby's uh, neck yes, and he was delivered he was 4 kgs and it was a normal yeah. delivery so i i see what you're saying and um, it it might help a lot of uh, women out there uh, de-stress about the fact that a cord is normal and unless and until the doctor tells you that it will be problematic to your uh, delivery process or you know to your baby it should not be too much of a concern am, am i understanding this right yes yes okay uh, so mega i think um, i am wrapping this up but before that i would ask I, i think there are tons of questions that i can ask you right now but we are bound by time uh but before we wrap up i'd like to ask you based on what all we discussed how do you think one can make informed decisions about the birthing process um it's it's a tough time when it comes to deciding so they were when pregnant when a woman is pregnant uh, you're giving birth and the postpartum period um it's it's a woman's responsibility to make informed decisions for yourself and on behalf of your baby it's your legal right to give or deny permission for care right but how do you know what's best for you so making informed decisions about maternity care means um finding the best available information on your options and using that information to decide what's right for you and your baby right it sometimes means having the courage and confidence to ask tough questions and i did give you some examples before on yeah. the questions right right definitely yeah. but yeah and and ensure that that you know the questions that you are answer you're asking you're getting the answers for that informed refusal is also very important so if you disagree with your care provider and decide not to accept care you have the right to this informed refusal you know even if you have signed a form agreeing to a particular type of care you have the right to change your mind 
And what is evidence-based maternity care? So in our childbirth classes, we whatever knowledge we share with the couples, it's on evidence-based maternity care, which means that using results of the best research about the safety and effectiveness of specific tests, treatments, and other interventions that can help you make decisions about your maternity care. Right. right. So be sure to take care to choose a doctor or a midwife who respects your needs, values, goals. And, you know, if you find out over time that you disagree with your care provider or the policies, you know, at your planned birth setting, you can explore other options. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think uh, important that you trust yourself and you trust the fact that I would say have trust in yourself and have trust in your baby in this beautiful dance that you and your baby will be doing in the final hours of birth. It's Mm. going to be a life experience. So enjoy it to the best. Don't let your fear ruin this experience for you. Definitely. And I think that's uh, what we would uh, take from you as uh, the last words, as the last note of wisdom for our listeners, for our expecting mothers and new mothers out there. Uh, I was saying that tr- you, you need to have trust on your medical provider. You know, co- you, you're actually collaborating with somebody on the biggest, uh, you know, journey. Yeah, biggest journey. Adventure. Biggest- even yeah, biggest adventure of your life. So have know that it's a collaboration. Mere apne experience maybe I did actually offload on the person thinking that it's just them. They'll let me know what's right and what's not. Of course, they will let you know what's right and what's not. But it's our duty as parents to, you know, stir that confidence to build that confidence in ourselves. If last moment, the way I felt all through my, uh, you know, all through my delivery process that I no, I don't trust you. That's what I felt all through my delivery process. And I carried that baggage postpartum. That baggage yeah. postpartum stressed me out, caused me anxiety. So I would request through this, all the mothers out there that build that collaboration. And, you know, think about your collaboration. Mega, thank you so much for giving us all this information, all this knowledge. And um, I, like I said, there must still be so many questions unanswered for the experiences of different women are different. But uh, if you're still hanging with us till the end of this episode, and you think importance of knowledge ki. That knowledge benefits us like it benefited Megha and she's working to benefit each one of us out there, then I think we are successful. Megha and I are successful. Thank you, Megha. Thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you, Divya. Thank you. Today's episode was all about childbirth. And next to next week, we will be back with another episode on pregnancy. We come from a space of providing value to each one of you listening to us. For us, you are already a part of our community. If you like listening to us, write a review, subscribe, tell a friend who needs to hear this and tell us what you want to know from the experts. Tell us your questions and we would love to have them included in our next subsequent episodes. A lovely day, a perfect evening and a calm night to you. Take care. Bye-bye.